It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour. This is the America Out Loud talk radio network, and I'm Ed Huglin, your host. I'll be joined in a moment by Dr. Franco Musio, a true American patriot. Today on the National Security Hour, we will discuss the East Palestine chemical disaster, get insights into what makes this American patriot tick, both as a conservative and his background, and discuss the disaster of an invasion in illegals and drugs occurring on our borders. If time, we'll also talk about other aspects, including communist China, the China flu, and other adversaries. We'll go where the discussion takes us and talk about today, chemicals to communism. We're joined by Dr. Franco Musio. He is a well-known internal medicine physician specializing in the field of nephrology, kidney diseases. He is an associate professor of medicine at the University of Virginia School of Medicine in Nova Fairfax Hospital campus in Northern Virginia. He enjoys teaching, writing, expert witness work, martial arts, and is a senior associate chief medical correspondent for radio station WVGB-FM in Beaufort, South Carolina. Dr. Musio, welcome. Let me turn it over to you for your thoughts on the East Palestine derailment and what this disaster is is happening here as we cannot let this disaster be buried in the headlines as nearly 5,000 people in the region plus thousands of others down region may be in jeopardy. Over to you, sir. So thank you, Ed. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, and, and honestly, potentially many, many more than you just mentioned, many more than 5,000. Um, I'd like to start, this is okay, just with a timeline, very quick timeline and a very quick scientific discussion. But there, there's overarching points. There are overarching points when you analyze or try to, or, or I do, you know, medically try to analyze something that, that I think are very, very important. But but Ed, please interrupt me. Please interrupt me. But just the, the very um, skeleton timeline, February 3rd, that's when the derailment occurred. There, there were, oh, I think 150 cars, but 50 of them were carrying uh, chemicals. And, and of more importance, there were about 15 to 20, 30 actually, that are uh, centered on. Now, there was a formal evacuation order February 5th, and then um, five cars carrying vinyl chloride were in a controlled manner set on fire the following day, February 6th. Two days later, now, is that enough? I don't think so, but two days later, the fire was put out and the residents were told about 5,000 of East Palestine to come back, to return home. Now, what I wanna focus on is uh, two days after that, February 10th, there was a letter from the EPA to Norfolk Southern. and, And I think it's a window a window, and it's a good letter actually, a window as to what we're gonna talk about. They mentioned five chemicals that were found in the air, soil, and water for this letter on February 10th. And um, I, I think that they were right on in this, uh, in this fashion. I'm gonna go through the chemicals quickly, but then when you analyze the manifest from Norfolk Southern and, and not only the manifest, but the assessment, 
there are some definite uh, disparities there that I caught. So vinyl chloride. Vinyl chloride is a liquid under high pressure, but also a gas. It's used to create polyvinyl chloride, uh, PVC pipes, construction material. All of these chemicals are involved in, in construction materials and plastics and, and paints and, and all of this. But th this is a major carcinogen. Um, there are all types of tumors, liver tumors, angiosarcoma, brain uh, tumors. Um, th this chemical can can affect the chromosomes of our lymphocytes, which is a subset of our total white blood cells, and, and ultimately lead to lymphoma. It can cause respiratory issues, liver injury. You go through it. Second one, and, and again, these were what were found uh, from sampling air, soil, yeah. Yeah. and or water. So beetle acrylate is a liquid. It, it's again used in, as sealants, adhesives. It, even we use it in the OR in orthopedic uh, surgery. Uh, can lead to asthma, can lead to dermato uh, dermatologic reactions, hypersensitivities. It's not, thank God, not a human carcinogen as far as we know. Now, <laughs> my favorite, ethylene glycol. Um, it, it, it's used in um, cleaning products, but it's also uh, what you know of as antifreeze. It, it's a solvent in paints and inks. Now, I am intimately involved with ethylene glycol in the middle of the night when people try to commit suicide. <laughs> And they do it by drinking antifreeze. And what it does is it, it poisons your, your um, at a cellular level, the mitochondria. It, it leads to severe, overwhelming acidosis. Not so much ethylene glycol, but it's byproducts. Well, so uh, what is acidosis? So, so that is when your, your chemistries in your body go completely crazy. And it, it's almost like a car battery. Car battery has acid, has base. And, and there has to be a balance between the two. If there isn't, the car doesn't work. Well, the human body is in a similar way. The analogy, if there is too much acid, hydrogen ions in the body circulating around, your heart, your brain, all of your, your organs will completely shut down. The way to treat that, there's several ways, but typically with emergency dialysis, hemodialysis. But in addition to that, there are some compounds that we can give medications to slow or decrease the um, the metabolism of ethylene glycol. Um, some others, uh, uh, isobutylene, ethyl hexylacrylate. Um, these are uh, other chemicals. These, that are these other chemicals found there at the? At these the are yeah yeah. These are the ones that were found. Now, this is interesting. Isobutylene, that's one of them, and um, it's not known as a human carcinogen, um, but but we don't really know. It's not been tested. In, in laboratory animals. But when you look at the manifest of isobutylene, what's written is no signs of breach, no signs of breach, although it was found. Now, the antithesis, the antithesis of this is chemicals, which um, if you look at the manifest, the mention is the cars were breached. In other words, uh, there are spills into the environment of these five chemicals. But, but there is no account of them based upon, uh, based upon the EPA and based upon other agencies. Now, thank God these are not as carcinogen forming or the baseline for, car for carcinomas, but some are. So polyethylene, polyethylene glycol. Polyethylene glycol is another agent that can cause what we just talked about, the acid in the bloodstream can and and needs to be treated with hemodialysis so so uh, for so for Please. for lay persons like myself not in the medical field stuff like that 
what what I'm what I'm hearing is like this isobutylene and the glycol and such. Okay, yeah. I've read about different aspects of this causing irritation in the eyes and skin, nose and throat, but also uh, hematuria, blood in the urine, nervous system depression, and and I've seen. Uh, on the uh, television interviews for a number of, of, of days now, uh, vomiting, headaches, and other aspects here. But what you're, what you're bringing out, if I understand correctly, is there was a reported manifest and reported set of chemicals that were then controlled, burned, and such like that. Mm -hmm. Based on your research and stuff, you're saying that it appears there are additional other chemicals that were either on the train or were not reported in the manifest based on the spillage. Is that, is that true? Or so um, from what I can tell, they were reported and, and many of them were spilled, but there's no report that they have been found in the environment, which again, doesn't mean anything. So, so there are a lot of um, discrepancies, not only in the manifest, but in the information that's been given to the public and, and more importantly to the local individuals in East Palestine. Now, the control burn, that's another one. Um, if you really look at it, they were stuck because vinyl chloride, there were five cars with vinyl chloride. All of them were, well, four of them were breached, but if you look at just one of the cars, there's no mention of spillage, but at least four out of five spilled into the environment, and yes, they, they, they noted that in the air, water, and soil. But, but the, it's, it's a highly, highly combustible um, compound and, and gas. And, and how do you get rid of that? Well, the thought was, and, and this may have been correct, is to burn it. Well, well on, Whereas, that though, on that though, mm -hmm. when they burnt it, mm -hmm. as, as uh, I've talked to General Valley, Paul Valley, and, and uh, Lieutenant General uh, Tom McInerney about this as well, is is shouldn't they have evacuated the whole area before they burnt it? Absolutely. And actually they did, but they evacuated uh, from what I can tell a one to 1.5 mile radius, maybe max two, but I believe 1.5 when they did the control burn. Now you saw those pictures of the plumes of cloud. Oh yeah, but that's uh, what I'm getting gas. at. It's, it's, you, have, you have a plume of huge black smoke Yes. And being an Intel guy and you'll take yes. a look at the chemical warfare and other aspects. Yeah. You know, a one and a half mile radius is nothing, especially exactly. if you haven't taken into account, where's the wind blowing yeah. down, downwind who needs to be evacuated downwind. Cause now this whole plume of smoke went probably for hundreds of miles downwind. Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. Correct. And not only that, what happens when, when this is blown? So uh, again, rather than avoid a massive uh, explosion, which could have occurred, they decided to, to place a controlled fire. Now, that's yeah, but they had they had. Let me know if you're sure. So they had though they had two days to prepare for this, mm -hmm. right before they did the controlled burn. And so, no. to your point, maybe they did the no, right thing. No, no. Well, they had three days actually. Okay, three. okay, three. So even they had longer. Three yes. days to look at this. Right. Between the CDC, the weather people in the area, the national response was just atrocious. I agree. And then you have then this controlled burn right. and they didn't take the time to go down where the wind was blowing and notify those people and get them I, out of there as well. And apparently, so apparently not. That's that's just it, it, it seems almost criminal that you would do something like that. 
uh, because you're just releasing, as, as a couple of people point out, these chemicals are banned in terms of use against humans in warfare. Absolutely. In fact, in fact, um, traces of phosgene do occur after you burn vinyl chloride. In fact, there, there are carbon, there's carbon monoxide, um, hydrogen chloride, carbon dioxide, but phosgene. And phosgene was used in World War I as a choking agent. In fact. And, and there were um, 90,000, 80, 90,000 deaths related to that. And what phosgene does is it causes fluid, causes fluid to build up in the lungs, what's called pulmonary edema. And basically, you, you can't exchange oxygen. You die from asphyxiation, in essence, asphyxiation. But not only that, dioxins, there's other, and these can be very, very cancerous. Because what happens whenever you have these chemical reactions occurring, some of which we're not even aware of in terms of the end products, um, you have carcinogens, you have, you have toxins to the human body. And um, yes, they had three days to prepare, even more than two, and they didn't take into account um, um, a lot of this information. But I'll, I'll tell you, Ed, I, I want to segue into some overwhelming points or overriding points, one of which you mentioned is um, almost criminal to, to do these types of things, not do your utmost, dot your I's and cross your T's in terms of protecting everyone. In my mind, um, what was almost criminal here was, was the not so much the response, the local response, the EPA and so forth, but, but just the presence of the president, the presence of, of uh, White House officials immediately, immediately, uh, just e even in terms of emotional support, which is, which is key. And I, I wanna get into this a little bit later, just the emotional aspect not only of this, but other tragedies. But they were ignored completely by the administration. They were more than ignored. And, and that in and of itself, I mean, they, they could have been doing everything in the world without our knowledge uh, in terms of benefit, but not physically being there, so not me, holding their hands. So not, let me also you know, ask you a question here that, then, uh, Frankel, is when you have a town of 5,000 like that, one also has to take into account based on the demographics, incomes, and other stuff, if there's a robust capability to treat people in that area alone. So mm -hmm. you would think, at least from a FEMA perspective or others, given the magnitude of the uh, disaster with the chemicals and downwind from right. that, you would right. have deployed hundreds, if not thousands of FEMA and other medical doctors to the area to help protect the citizens. But what basically you have is yes. a release chemical attack with no responsibility by the government to go in there and do something to make sure that the people were safe in my mind. Well, not, not only that, but, but immediacy is very important. So I, I, it, it's almost a human, human nature to idle, to, um, you know, to uh, procrastinating. But when it comes to very, very important issues, critical issues, there's no room for procrastination. There's no room for idling. There's no room. Um, really, there isn't. I mean, in fact, <laughs> that day, I, I know some who potentially, potentially would be running for president would be there in a heartbeat, would be there in a heartbeat, or if not, the next day. Well, now, well it, goes, it yeah. goes basic to the basic human caring. 
Yes. As these are American citizens who just had a major disaster and they are completely ignored. And, and how it comes across is they are ignored because they are not only white, but mostly conservative. And therefore, no need to show compassion, response, or other things that we have a, about a minute mm. left. Let, let me, let me uh, get your response to that. Okay. Okay. Well, well that, that's sickening. It, it really is. If that really is true, that, that's sickening. Um, I, I, just let me mention a couple of things that there, there's so much we don't know. We do not know in terms of, of the science. So I mentioned to you chemicals and, and there are in terms of the human health situation and hazards. We're unsure. We're in uncharted territory and we have been before too. So for example, new chemicals could form. Um, you, you, the, the initial insult, the initial insult and exposures all of these things, the sampling errors, many errors in sampling, you have to be almost like a, a detective. Like the O.J. Simpson trial, you know, they screwed up the trial or the investigation. Yes. Um, the investigation here is complex. There's many nuances and complexities in a situation like this. And, and I do trust the majority of individuals are doing their best. Well, let's, On the let's, other, yeah. let's take a pause here for a second because sure. we have to run the break. And then we come back, we'll pick up where, where you're talking about this and the other set, uh, items you wanted to point out. But let me say to our listeners, the America Out Loud talk radio plays on iHeartRadio Network. You can also listen to our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best-in-class applications available on Apple, Android, and Alexa, where you can stream 24-7. And now, now you can also hear them on the podcast on those same apps. You can find us on the NAS Security Hour, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We'll be right back. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them and we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back to the National Security Hour. We're on with Dr. Franco Musio. Franco, right before the break, we were talking yes. about some different specific items you wanted to point out. Once you carry on with those, yeah, uh, no, thank you, Ed. So it, it, there, I mentioned to you that, um, that there's uncharted waters in terms of medicine, in terms of the human body, in terms of our our fund of knowledge. And and I'm not a chemist, obviously, I'm not a chemist. But when you have large, huge amounts of chemicals of toxins. And these are released in the water, in the air, in the soil, and 
um, burned because in the beginning, in the derailment, you saw the, the burning. This is before the control burn. We don't know how these chemicals interact with each other. And as I said before, but I want to stress that there are new novel chemicals that could be formed um, as a result of this. And these novel chemicals could be more of a more carcinogenic than the individual chemicals, toxins that we're talking about. Um, that, that's why I say uncharted territory. We just don't know. So with um, these, with these, uh, uh, sorry for interrupting, but you, no, no. you, you piqued my interest here. So yes, with these different chemicals that you're talking about that may be created, Maybe, I, actually, yes. I actually started off as chemistry major, but I wasn't good at, at, at physics. You did? And, and, it's uh, not so easy. I switched over it's to not an easy uh, field. <laughs> yeah, I just, I could do well at math, but I just was, I did uh. instructions, but Regardless, the chemicals developed out of this and the chemicals in the soil there, as you go through these uh, specific points you want to raise here, I'd like to also address this. What's the longevity of the chemicals in the soil and, and how many years or decades do we have to be concerned about these things? Right. I, I Honestly, and I, and I don't want to give you misinformation, um, something like vinyl chloride, the half-life of vinyl chloride in the air is very short, it's very brief, but it can last for days, weeks, or years uh, in the water. And there's a difference between the groundwater and, and the water which is in streams and so forth. The groundwater could be swarming in different directions versus, versus the chemicals within the water uh, in the streams and lakes and, and, and the river, the Ohio River. So we're dealing with, and again, don't um, I, I don't want to put misinformation out there but but yes for considerable periods of time and and god only knows and i don't want to create any hysteria because again we just don't know um but if there are new chemicals potentially potentially um lifelong there are some for example that that can last um for decades some can now um, what does that mean? Does that mean we can't sleep at night, blah, blah, blah? No, because we, <laughs> there are other chemicals in our, in our atmosphere completely unrelated to the train derailment as well. So, no, um, no, I, I, we live our lives as, as we can the best way we can. I, I, I want to make a parallel, and, and I don't really, as a, as, a, as a physician, I don't like to inject politics, but sometimes you can't help it. And, um, you know, and like the O.J. Simpson trial, many, many, many other uh, criminal investigations, you, you want to go and pick apart the data, the DNA, you want to do it the yeah. right way. This is different, clearly different, but, but there are analogies. So I hate to go to Benghazi. Oh, I hate to do that. But in Libya. Please go there. Please go there. Um, in Libya, because there was a significant amount of chemicals and other activity being released at that time, because of the burning around there, if I remember. Oh yes, oh yes, but but not. I, I don't want to focus on that. I want to focus on the the perception, the appearance, what was done, and you know what what is done in good faith by governments or by not by individuals in any situation is is very very much appreciated. By, by the other individual. So why didn't Hillary Clinton go there? Well, you could say logistical reasons. It wasn't safe. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. Um, but, but these were awful, awful situations in Benghazi. And the perception 
and many times, you know, perception and reality sometimes are different, but I think this is correct. The perception is terrible uh, among among the loved ones of the individuals who are killed. And, um, you know, and, and the public, the American and the world, the world um, public. So why didn't she go there immediately? Why did she or, or her boss or, or at least uh, show an interest, uh, not just, you know, well, there's nothing else we could do. Well, in this situation, uh, as other situations arise, because th there are always situations in life uh, and we can't help that situations we're not ready for or as ready for as we could be. Um, well, so, so I, I think, to, yes. So to that point, rambling, so, I know. So no, 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 you're not rambling. So, but to that point, a couple of things I'd like to ask you about one, one I, I'll come back to you again in a second, but I'd like to ask you about, you have a small town of 5,000 people. Yeah. Let's start with that is, you know, you're not going to have an uh, inordinate number of medical staff there and other aspects. No. And so no, not at all. Congress not and at senators all. have been calling for health monitoring of these residents and stuff. But, right. you know, can you can you talk briefly for a second to, to fellow Americans here who, who care about national security, you care about uh, things overall is you look at this from this perspective. If the Chinese balloon that floated over the United States had a chemical release. Absolutely. OK, you could have major issues. And that was just one balloon. Okay, one example, but they could release yep. balloons are cheap. They could release thousands of those. Of course. The response for this chemical disaster here in East Palestine, Ohio, should be a wake-up call across the NASA security front is that one is we still don't know, at least I don't know, if they can fully attest to the fact this was an actual accident or a purposeful derailment. Mm -hmm. Second, if this was purposeful, because you have a million illegals, gotaways, who were aided by the cartels to come into America. Probably more. Ed, probably more. Well, so there's there's six million illegals, but there was one million additional, seven million. Oh, I see. Yes, yes. One million of them were gotaways, meaning they weren't able to do anything yes. to catch or see them. Those folks were purposely aided by their cartels to get into the country. That's mm -hmm. the equivalent of 20,000 man army in every one of our 50 states. Right. Now, if you just take a few hundred of those and they wanted to commit sabotage, you have one thing. But right. now if you have, whether it's a Chinese chemical balloon or you have nefarious actors derailing rail cars, which you're seeing uh, more frequently, it seems, in the news, maybe it's just because of reporting it. And you have this type of response. Right. Americans need to understand that, you know, just because we have oceans, like in World War II, we're no longer safe from so, attacks and stuff. So speak, speak to the to the medical well, staff I mean, there. I, I'm and, speaking and as a, a non-scientist yeah. here, but yeah. but um, believe me, uh, our our enemies are looking at this. They're, they study us all the time uh, as to so many different ways that how do we act, how do we react, uh, how do we not react? You know, omission is more important uh, many times when you're looking from the other side, from uh, in terms of our, our enemies. Uh, and, and it becomes very, very complex. So, I, I, Ed, I'm going to have to disagree with you. I don't think that this was purposely, um, this purposely occurred. On the other hand, it could. Yes, it could. They could learn from this and say, well, wait a minute, this is another way that we could attack uh, no, so, so disagreement is fine, but what, what I want to point out there to the audience is, is that based on testimony and other evidence so far, mm -hmm. 
this whole incident could have been avoided. So it may not have been nefarious actors. It may have been purposeful neglect as well. Right. But right. what I'm what I'm saying is I'm not convinced that because we haven't looked at this fully as to where the blame lies. Okay, so maybe it's not a nefarious actor, but criminal negligence and letting this train go, knowing the complications it had is one thing. But to the point we're talking here, what's the response? And the yes. response speaks to major issues for right. Americans across, right. not, uh, not just East of Palestine, Ohio, but across the whole United States. If we have these types of purposeful either sabotage or purposeful chemical attacks. Back yeah. To you. yeah, well, speaking to, to your point, uh, absolutely. If, if you look at so many of these, these disasters and, and, you know, even aside from what I mentioned, the, the carcinogens, and we're not going to know for many years, actually, the, the, or, or I think the, uh, I, I'm going to guarantee you there's going to be a rise. Well, I can't guarantee in medicine, but very likely there's going to be a rise in cancers. There's going to be a rise and so forth in that area. But, but the response, um, we, we did have, now, devil's advocate, we did have people on the ground there, local people. Are, are, were there enough physicians? Absolutely not. And was it only East Palestine? No. No, we're not talking about 4,700 people. How about the western part of Pennsylvania? And, and again, going into Ohio. So it's actually a much, much greater, and you were talking about the winds. Um, it's not just East Palestine. It, it, it's a much, much greater radius than so for the residents in East Palestine and the folks downwind, yeah, you, you you caught my attention when you talked about the potential for cancer and development yes. of cancer. Absolutely. So, so how long does something like that take to metastasize or develop in the human system to where you're going to start to see that? I mean, so in other right. words, if I'm in East Palestine, I move someplace else, you know, how long can I figure that's, out either I'm clear or I'm good? Wonderful, wonderful question. And in fact, I was going to mention that when you, when the human body is initially involved or initially exposed to a number of these chemicals, it's instantaneous in terms of its effects. Now, long-term effects are, or in terms of long-term exposure, it is very different. But it's almost like a, an MRI. When we have MRIs and we have individuals with chronic kidney disease, if it goes below a certain level, um, that, that gadolinium, that chemical that's used for the contrast in the MRI can be quite deleterious to the kidneys right off the bat within seconds. So the question is, or the answer is, we don't know. We don't know, and it's not been studied. Uh, a lot has been studied about exposure, but we could have people, humans, who are already predisposed, and this is another point, already predisposed to health issues, be it cancer, be it kidney disease, be it yeah. lung disease. So with, with a foundation of some type of an injury, um, or comorbidity, and then boom, a second whammy, if you will, with the chemical. So as to when these will manifest, become manifest, we don't know. Sometimes they could be very rapidly. Now, the initial sign, the respiratory distress, the, the smells that people have, the odors in the air, um, the eyes watering, the, the dermatologic or skin lesions, those are right away. Those are immediate. But when, when will the cancers manifest themselves? When will the kidney disease, the lung disease, the liver disease? Um, that is a more chronic, and, and I would suspect, 
probably more years versus months. But but I could be very wrong about that. So that's I that's so I, so I appreciate that background. That's why you know it's great to have you on today because I think the East Palestine disaster cannot be forgotten in the next couple of weeks or next couple of years. We have to take a look at this longer term, not just from the medical response, but the, from the state and federal response, and and what happened when they burned the stuff without even notifying the residents. But what I'd like to do now is, is since, since we have you on, on this uh, program today, is one of the reasons I'm having you on, Franco, Dr. Musio, is because you're a true American patriot. And what Americans across our country sometimes don't get to see and understand is, you know, sort of what makes a person like you tick? What makes you a conservative? And why did you become a conservative? And the reason why that's important is because in today's society, with the cancel culture, the censorship, the intimidation and the abuse, and parents being labeled as domestic terrorists, we we have to speak up, stand up, and and act. Right. Otherwise, if we're the silent majority, we're the subjugated majority. So absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you know what makes you tick and why? Why are you, in fact, a conservative? I mean, you've had an extensive, great career in the medical medical field. So, so back to you, sir. So, I actually grew up a Democrat, and I did, but it was, it wasn't the current uh, Democrat Party whatsoever. Um, more like uh, John Kennedy Democrat, and back back in the '60s, the Democratic Party obviously now is very, very different from uh, from that era. Very different, and I. I from what I could tell you, and this is my opinion, obviously, I, I think conservative slash Republicans. Now, you can be a Democrat and conservative. Right? Absolutely. You can. And, and I have many colleagues and, and friends who are. And, and there are fringes on both sides. They're, of course, the crazy left. I, I mean, just disgusting. But same way. There, there are crazy right people, too. And I disagree with them. But um, but I think Republicans in general are more, there's going to be a, a lot of, um, many would disagree with me, but I think Republicans slash conservatives are more thoughtful, are much more thoughtful. They study the impacts of decisions, of, of ongoing events in the United States, in, in the world. But more, more importantly, what are the effects of our, on our own citizens? And again, not to say liberals do not. And 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 also each party can learn from each other. But but I truly think Republicans are are more thoughtful. They well, really so are. To, to that point, a couple of things that come to mind is that it comes back from an old professor, uh, an old Soviet studies professor I had, and he mm -hmm. highlighted the main difference ideologically between Republicans and Democrats is less or more government and the means by which to get things done. The right. other aspect, though, in more frequent years from a common friend of ours is the left tends to drive a more emotional arguments right. where the conservatives have to, as you were talking, bring a more logical discussion. But right. in those logical discussions, we can sound very uh, uh, sanitized, right, and, mm -hmm. and very impassioned, and that can come across in a, in a, in a wrong way. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you have you have to add context to everything that one even thinks about and be introspective and, or try to be introspective, each of us, and, and also from a societal standpoint as well. What's going on in the world now 
is very different than the 1950s or 40s, 50s, 60s. You know, uh, um, the parties evolve. We evolve as human beings. Situations evolve. And just as we evolve, organizations evolve. Parties, political parties evolve. Methods of thought evolve. So um, my parents were immigrants and, and faced horrible situations. Um, I, I had seen so many, oh, and, and, and involved at, uh, as a volunteer in other countries and, and seeing immigrants in the horrible situations. America was ripe for needing these immigrants to man the factories to, and, and not only that, intellectuals had come over as well. Now, at this well, point- before, time, before you get there, Frank, we have to take a break, but hold okay. that thought on the immigration aspect. Because we will, when we come back, we'll, we'll cover that a little bit more. And then we'll also go into the topic of the southern border and northern border crisis and the fentanyl aspects. Sure. For our listeners, the NASA Security Hour features intelligence analysts and military experts presenting the tough conversations and hard-nosed reality checks that Americans' people need to hear in order to fully understand the true picture of the evolving status of U.S. national security. I wish to thank our executive producer, Mary Fanning, who brings together a wide array of voices on this hour to expose the wolves in sheep's clothing and the nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. We'll be right back. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. Welcome back to the Master Security Hour. We're on with Dr. Franco Musio. And as we left for the break, Dr. Musio was talking about immigration and back to you, sir. Sure. Thank you. So, <clears throat> again, the context, the timeline, the, the, the days that we're living, um, how are they shaping our thoughts? How are they shaping the reality? Um, yes, uh, the, uh, the United States needed, needed immigrants to come, um, which is a very, very, and still do, by the way, still do. The United States um, would love to have more, uh, more immigrants, if you will, coming in 
Legal. the correct way, yes. the right way, um, not illegal immigrants. And, and, and the flood of problems that I'm going to mention in just, just a little bit. So um, how can I say this? Um, if we need to protect our country, um, the days of going, and, and we still do. I mean, I understand very clearly Ukraine. I understand very clearly that, but if, if our tent and our tentacles are all over the place as the greatest country in the, it still is the greatest country in the world, no matter, despite our administration, it, it is. Um, and we honor immigrants, but let me tell you something. If back in the forties and fifties, thirties, twenties, if the situation were similar to what is occurring at the southern border, we would not have the United States being the number one country in the world. We would not. Think about, you know, these thoughts are coming to my mind right now. There's, there's a right way of doing things. There's a wrong way of doing things. And I, I completely understand, um, you know, and, and I was mentioning about human beings, and, and that's why I'm a doctor, and that's what makes me tick, is taking care of human beings. But at the same time, if I have human beings coming and citizens of the United States, you want to call them, and they are patriots, you know, um, everyone, there, there's a patriot in everyone in one way or another. Yes. Um, some much more than others. Even, even by the way, Democrats. But, but if to I that, can't to that take point, care Franco, of those people. Yeah. So to that point, Franco, is, you know, one thing I, I want to bring up is you, like other patriots, do a number of things which aren't out there pushed in the press every day or glorified no. or stuff like that because you do it because of goodness of your heart. You, you do a number of volunteer things. Why don't you speak to those for a second uh, briefly so that people can understand that aspect of your background as American Patriot as well? Well, in, in terms of we're so lucky to live in this country. We are so lucky. And the way we, it really comes home is that if we go to these very, very unfortunate areas around the world and really see what a wonderful country we have. It, it kind of, the light goes on. And, and unfortunately in Africa, I spent a, quite a while in Africa and it, it's heartbreaking. It is just heartbreaking. Part of the problem, there's many, many. Part of them, of course, is the government, is their local governments, uh, their country governments, you know, stealing, the nepotism, the 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 bribery the corruption is is it, it truly ultimately goes down to to harm the people and and um and we're all individuals you know i i i may i may be going off the a little bit but um the south vietnamese who have come here very 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 hardworking people who were in in prisoner of war camps uh from the north vietnamese and or or north vietnamese now now it's a one country um coming here these are human beings just like us yeah so and, what, you, yeah. what you're saying you do a lot of volunteer work you yes. travel around the world to help these different people and countries but what you're doing that a lot of americans don't do especially our younger generation is actually get out of this myopic bubble we are here in the united right. states where everybody thinks that everyone else in the world lives free my right. own opinion and perspective is that our prisoners in our federal penitentiaries live better than probably 95% of the world. <laughs> I've had, Ed, I've had individuals tell me, I mean, th this will blow your mind, but some, some have told me that they actually prefer to be in prison so that they're guaranteed free meals a day 
I know that's crazy. Oh, yeah. But... So that's I was I was being a little bit kidding there, but that, that's actually the case. And what what I yeah. look at in Americans, Americans and people condemn the United States, different people on the left and other folks are condemning the United States. But if you're born in America or naturalized American citizen, you are by definition the most privileged people in the world today absolutely Absolutely. you have freedoms opportunities and to your point frankel when you take a look at the wealth incomes and stuff like that of different nationalities whites are not the top blacks are below whites who's at the top the immigrant nationalities from other countries around the world why because they don't take freedom for granted no no no, not at all. Do, do you want to know something? I, I, I'll tell you some, just some incredible stories. I had a patient, multiple actually. Um, th- this poor patient was from, um, I believe he was from Vietnam. And he said he came here with his kids and um, he did not have a penny. So he had to take, uh, he had to go on food stamps for a period of time. And he built up his, his business. And he said within six months, he actually paid the government, wrote a check for the to the government, and this is not the first case, for the money that he had borrowed. Now, he interpreted it as borrowing and paid it back to the Treasury. And he got a letter from the Treasury. I think he blew their mind. But, but it's wonderful, actually. Think about that. Absolutely wonderful. Oh, absolutely. Fun. So on that aspect, let's, let's switch because we talk about the American aspects, we talk the East Palestine disaster, and we talk about you as an American patriot. And I think that's important for people to understand is that conservative Americans aren't some evil dynamic force out there. It's exactly the opposite. It's the you opposite. have an Orwellian group of folks, leftist extremists, who overtaken in a Democratic Party, who are trying to paint anyone who's patriotic and such, such as Dr. Musio here is a mega extremist, but you're listening to him today. What's he doing? He's a caring physician with an open mind and he's helping different people, patients around the world on his own free time and dollar. So with that, let's look to the Southern border here because the Southern border crisis and back to your hat as a doctor, you have this massive fentanyl crisis. And if you and I both live in the DC area. So if we go down to the World War II monument downtown DC, we see the stars on that World War II monument that represent the 100,000 troops that gave their lives in World War II. Yep. But yep. now every year since Biden's been in office, 100,000 people are murdered by fentanyl. And the hearings ongoing in Congress and will keep on going, I hope, and Congress are highlighting that this is murder. This is an attack, an invasion on our country, and it's time we start to act. And we can't just stop this by policies. We have to stop this in some dramatic fashion. But what are your thoughts on this fentanyl crisis and and what's happening at the border from a medical perspective and others? You know, a number a number of thoughts come to mind. Um, in martial arts, um, what what you focus on is um, sometimes a hard stop. Um, you know, an arrest, if you will, when an attack is coming towards you as an individual, sometimes counter momentum, um, these terms. Now, the wall, the border wall, I I honestly, in my opinion, don't, it's a very complex topic, very complex. On the other hand, I don't think a border wall is too complex. 
it, it only makes sense. The drugs, it's not only fentanyl, but, but cocaine, methamphetamine, sorry, heroin, all of these. And by the way, it's not only China, although China is kind of running the show, but it's China and India as well. And I'll tell you what they do. What they do is they don't send the fentanyl, you know, on a boat or on a plane. What they do is they smuggle powders and precursors. And um, from China and from India, they go to Mexico. Then the cartels take over. Now, the cartels, they are very, very smart people. They're obviously very evil. And they, they're in cahoots with the chemists in Mexico and whoever else to, um, to take these take these powders and precursors and manufacture fentanyl or pills or dilute powders, and then they cross the border. So the, um, and, and I would venture to say the government, the Mexican government, as well as other Central American governments have, have a stake in this too. I really do. Because why? Because of the money. Do you remember the rock group, the Eagles? And do you remember Glenn Fry? Yeah. So he, he wrote a song, he sang a song, The Smugglers, and, and that was a very, very popular song. I think it was in the 80s with Miami Vice. And he was talking about um, more in the Miami scene, the cocaine coming into through Miami or, or other ports. There are parallels with that. Um, these cocaine, yes, but now fentanyl. And fentanyl comes in different forms. And the fentanyl is laced into other pills like um uh, controlled other controlled substances, Schedule Two substances like Vicodin. Yeah, these cartels, having worked in the intelligence community for for or four decades in national security, these cartels already had a well-established network. To your point, back in the eighties, that yeah. the network's been more expanded and more extensive now. Now you have several million illegals in the country, alienated yeah. there by themselves, who got away, or we don't even know who they are. So yes. not only do you have these precursors and chemicals and stuff in the manufacturing, but you have a phenomenal distribution network here. And so yes. from, a, from a medical perspective, what, what kind of impact is this having on, on hospitals and others? Because remember, you already have an overloaded medical system here in the United States and healthcare system that we're trying to make sure we can give proper care to our own people. Now yeah. you have the equivalent of a, of, of 7 million more people entering the country, they're going to put loads on the system. And then add to that, you have the fentanyl crisis and drug crisis, which killing 100,000 people a year. Yep. So from a medical perspective and what's happening with the hospitals, can you speak to that for a second? Is that, oh, is that stressing the system? Unfortunately, unfortunately, all too well. And I want to preface it by saying it's not only the hospitals, but guess what? Our public school system. I, I mean, you, you name it, you name it. Our what what runs our our country, any country, but from a, from a hospital standpoint, and not only here in the D.C. area, but I would tell you now, now all around the United States, but more so in in the Texas border, the Arizona, Southern California, New Mexico. Oh my goodness gracious, it's overwhelming. The vast, vast, vast majority of people in the emergency room are really sick individuals. Are um, are illegal, unfortunately, unfortunately illegal immigrants. And I'm going to tell you an irony. There's all kinds of ironies. The fentanyl, which is which is killing our kids, or it's not only kids; it's it's young adults as well, and even some older adults. And not only fentanyl, but the heroin, the cocaine, you name it, you name it. And I'll talk about infectious diseases in a moment. 
And, and yes, even our own citizens cannot gain proper treatment because our ERs are being overwhelmed. Well, guess what? Um, a number of the illegals are also dying. <laughs> of the, I mean, it's not funny. It's not. It's ironic. But they're, they are dying of, of the drugs, some of them, of the drugs coming across. Well, it doesn't, um, it's a mess. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't surprise me in, the, in the, this case here. So I'll bring it back to China, who's the source of this, this is in India. Mm-hmm. But in China, of course, here's a country that, that our NBA stars uh, glorify and deal with. But here's a, here's a country that harvests organs from living human beings and then murders them to harvest those organs so that their elite members of their party can, can get new they, and, and more healthy do. organs. And Cong- Congress is trying to stop this and stuff. But so you have the organ harvesting, you have the drug aspects coming in from China. You have the China COVID flu, the China flu that they, they released upon America overall. And so we already have a stressed healthcare system. And as you said, now education, public school systems, uh, the social welfare it's systems, awful. the law enforcement system, the the stress on these systems is significant. And what Americans don't really understand from my perspective is what China is doing here is not just the fentanyl and drugs aspect, but this is an underlying strategic attack across all those different systems, educational, political, social, justice, to undermine those systems and stress those systems. Because if those systems break, that security, our national security, is in massive jeopardy. Yet we have a president who I call the Manchurian president. Yes. In the White House, who continually bows to Xi. And I think that that that's just he needs well, to be held to account. And so from a yeah. China perspective, the organ harvesting and others says. From a from a physician's perspective, what's your viewpoint on and where this is all going? Well, you're very you're very uh, correct, very right on this. And and, and again, um, it, there there's so much gray zone, but unfortunately, the gray zone unfortunately is becoming more black and white. Um, yeah, a, a lot of bad things. Another example is the prisoners. Many prisoners in China are being used as in in terms of organ harvesting. What do you think happens? They come here. I've seen several already with hepatitis C, with other infections. Um, Chinese, in other words, the, the transplant doesn't take place here. The transplant in the United States, the transplant takes place in China or Malaysia or other other countries, or even um, oh my goodness, you can bring in other countries as well. You can bring in Bangladesh and Pakistan as well, or or those who have money in China uh, yeah, can pay yeah. for this too. But the bottom line is many of these are infected organs. And then what happens? They come, many come to the United States and we have major issues. So what you bring up, Ed, is very, very important in terms of both covert, well, covert, yes, and over. how do you overrun a society? You can do it very slowly and like drip, drip, drip. And I, I, again, I'm thinking outside of the box, but but this is your job and has been for many, many no, years. No, so this is this is great, yeah. Franco. Let me. We got about a minute left. <clears throat> I'd like okay. to ask you another topic here. It relates to the healthcare aspect. So the World Health Organization, which in my opinion was compromised by the Chinese, is putting together and uh, negotiating with Switzerland and the U.S. and and Biden supporting this a draft accord that would be legally binding on all members to where we would have to abide by World Health Organization 
Pandemic. Hopefully the next issues. administration can uh, rescind that. Well, yeah, but, but it shouldn't even be agreed to. What's your thoughts right. on that? Right, right. Well, I, I would tell you there are some very, very smart Chinese scientists and Chinese doctors, and um, we may have differences of opinion with this, but many of them um, are in the business because they want to take care of people too. Unfortunately, they live in a complex society and ultimately the, the umbrella takes over the Communist Party. But, but they, they are, you know, uh, slowly affecting us. The Chinese virus, um, it's not only COVID-19, by the way. There, if you look at other viruses, SARS and so forth, they were born, if you will, in China as well. Yeah, I yeah. tend to think that um, the wet markets and what have you, it's a very, very easy way of if, if a virus slips out. And by the way, that this happens, bacteria happens too in other other labs in the United States, not necessarily. And not no, I got you. But but Franco, since we're going to break in yeah, here, sorry. we're short on time. But sorry, the, 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 the Wuhan virus lab is now uh, agreed to from our intelligence elements, at least some of them, that it was perfect what it was released from the lab there. So that's another challenge here. But what what I like to I like to thank you today, Dr. Musia, for joining us. You know, we've covered some key ground on the East Palestine disaster and you gave us some great new insights there. It's been an educational, provocative discussion. If if you wish assistance with expert witnessing in the fields of nephrology and or internal medicine, you can email Dr. Musio at frmusio at gmail.com. That's frmusio at gmail.com. M-U-S-I-O. Also, if you wish to stream the programs from Dr. Musio on WVGB 97.5 FM in Beaufort, South Carolina, you can do that. And you can go directions are at codewatch at gmail.com, codewatch at gmail.com. And with that, the mission of this station that Dr. Musio supports is to provide valuable health and wellness information and education in the health industry. So I'd ask our listeners to also look to that as well as another source of information. For our listeners here, you can hear me on the NASA Security Hour and other military intelligence experts at 7 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. I'll tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I will go outside the fog of the daily chaos to give you a strategic perspective on national security issues and speak truth to power, the power of we the people, so we together can best ensure the resilience and security of our republic. Thanks for joining us on this mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spare in the epic battle to defend the United States of America.